Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Puck Talk Live podcast. My name is Logan Rosengard. I'm not going to do introductions because we have a lot to unpack here. However, with me on the call, as always, we got Noah Foster and Rafi Sarafian. For those of you that have, uh, today is the day, it is Monday? Tuesday. It is Tuesday, May 26, 2020. Uh, this is the day that Gary Bettman and the National Hockey League made their official announcements regarding the return to play procedures, including procedures about the draft, how teams are going to be seated, the formatting that we can expect for the most part of the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs this season. Now, a couple key dates to put out there before I throw it to a little discussion. We will not see formal training camps until at least July. We could. July Do not expect sure any sort of formal get-togethers of teams until July 1st at the very least. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're shooting for the first half of July for training camps, but if health codes and you know the CDC decide that it's not safe enough, it could go later. They are anticipating play for the play-in rounds of the playoffs, which we will get to in a second, to be in the latter half of July is when they will start up. There will be a minimum amount of uh, aid staff personnel. There will be 50 team de- designated team personnel, including players and coaching staff, allowed to travel to the hub cities. There are two hub cities. It is likely that we will play into the summer and the fall, from what Gary Bettman had said in his presser on NBC Sports and Sportsnet. If you haven't been following Twitter, they kind of give a little more in-depth on the date breakdown. However, Rafi, Noah, the weeks of speculation, the weeks of talking, the weeks of predicting matchups have finally come to an end. Noah, why don't you run us down the, uh, the playoff format a little bit before we talk about our uh, thoughts on the official announcement? Yeah, so it's crazy that we. this is like – so much information and just like one brief thing that's happened this past couple of weeks to keep an eye on New York and New Jersey are both allowing professional teams to train and practice uh, New Jersey today, New York, a couple days ago, about a week ago. So that's something to keep an eye on as states start to reopen, but back to the NHL, there are, so the way it's going to work is there are a 2014 playoff as we, as we have uh, discussed before, explained before there'll be uh, four teams from each conference that are automatically in and will play a round-robin tournament to determine their seeding. The other eight teams will play in a best-of-five qualifying round where the loser of that series goes home and the winner advances to the first round of the playoffs. Um, I refer to them as play-ins, so I'll try to be clear on that. Gary Bettman referred to them as qualifiers, qualifying games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if you hear both of those terminologies, they mean the same thing. So from the West... In the best of five qualifying round, you have the five seed Oilers versus the 12 seed Hawks, the six seed Predators versus the 11, 11 seed Coyotes, seven seed Canucks versus the 10th seed Wild, and the eighth seed Flames versus the ninth seed Jets. So those are all the matchups that were predicted um, for that we had predicted and that uh, experts had predicted in the playoffs, and now they're coming to uh, fruition. And just real, real quick, uh, Recap the East before I throw it over Rafi. Five seed Penguins versus 12 seed Canadians. Six seed Hurricanes versus the 11 seed Rangers. Seven seed Islanders versus the 10 seed uh, Panthers. And the eighth seed Leafs versus the ninth seed Blue Jackets. So there's a lot of information that we've got to go over. 
uh, a lot of stuff. We haven't even talked about hub cities yet. Um, but this was, this was like breaking as of an hour ago is when it started. Uh, if you want full video, I'm sure it'll be up on NHL.com. NHL's Instagram covered it. They have a 15 minute video of Gary Batman explaining everything with a nice presentation to go along with. By the way, I just want to point out, he'll walk you through. I just want to point out that Gary Batman looked like he was having a time wherever it is. He's staying. He, he looked like he was just enjoying the weather. Like he looked like he just came back from a day (laughs) in the sun. All, all relaxed, all ready for the presser. You could tell that he was waiting and, you know, in, 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 in anxiousness next to the computer uh, for the thing to go live. But that's just, that's just yep, a little yeah. tidbit. Yeah, so these series are going to be best of five for the play-in dash qualifying rounds. And we, we all expected this happening. And this is, in my opinion, I really like this because that means you get your play-in qualifiers out of the way in the first week, two weeks of the beginning of the plans. So then you come back after those two weeks, and then you basically like start of August is the expected day when we're going to finally get the playoffs, and they're going to really kick off. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out for yep. the most part. I'm a little shocked that of all the talks and everything that the NHL and the NHLPA and the GMs and the Board of Governors Committee, whatever, you know, formal meetings happen to have taken place. I am very shocked that at the very least they couldn't have, you know, set whether or not the games were going to be best of five or seven. That's just like, you know, when you think playoff hockey, you think game seven. Like if a first round game seven well, happens, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's like a, you know, proving factor that that is a great first round. But at the same time, to play devil's advocate, Deciding whether or not a, uh, a first round and second round matchup are going to be game, you know, five games or seven games was probably the least of their worries because they just wanted to work out the details so that they can play to some extent. Yeah, I'm. We Gary Bettman did highlight that the conference finals and the finals will obviously yeah. be in seven games. The first round, we I've been hearing some stuff that's five games. I've been hearing it could be seven games. Second round, I have heard nothing on at the moment, so I'm not going to try to make a prediction or anything. I, we're going to stick with the facts today and try to break it down to the best of our ability. So it will be interesting for sure. I don't see too much of a problem for the NHL playing into September. The way I've been mapping this out in my brain, because the playoffs normally take like two and a half months, so I could theoretically see us getting done with the playoffs. If all goes well and all goes according to plan, let's just say we start training camps July 1st, everything opens up, we get into the playoffs late July. We'd basically be playing until the, I'd say, early to mid-September, which would give enough time for the two next two months of October and November and the end of September to be training camps, you draft, you do everything that you have to do. Or is the draft June 26th? So the draft, so the first, the draft, so we'll get to the draft, but the first phase of the draft lottery is June 26th. Okay, I, yep. didn't, I wasn't aware if it was the lottery or the actual draft because we, we were hearing that the draft was supposed to be in June. Regardless, back to what I was saying. So we'll likely be done in September, and that'll give enough time so we can start the season up probably late November, December. Gary Bettman has come out and said that he is fine with starting the season the first day of 2021, if need be. So there's really no rush. First game being the Winter Classic. The that is buzzing. I have no – I, I wouldn't crazy. even uh, 
With that being said, I really don't think that uh, there's going to be fans in the stadium at that point. But knocking on wood, because a winter classic atmosphere, two historied teams with the St. Louis Blues and the Minnesota Wild, two Central Division foes uh, in a pretty nice venue in the uh, where the Twins play. Right? Not yeah, not the yep. Minnesota Twins. The uh, yeah, the Minnesota I'm... Twins. Minnesota no, the Minnesota Twins. Twins so yeah. who knows that that. That, that's going to be something that we will talk about when that day comes, when the league and the CDC decide that it is okay to have fans at the stadium. I will tell you a Winter Classic is not fit without fans on the outside and a whole kind of uh, Winter Classic campus around it with uh, events and bars opening and everything. But that is the least of our worries right It'll now. Likely, it would likely get pushed back I to 2022, I feel like. They're still going to have the matchup yeah. for sure, but yeah. it'll definitely get moved back. Stadium series matchups as well. We're not if there was those or the Heritage Classic that got released in the last few months, those would definitely also get pushed back to the 2021-22 season when we have the Seattle expansion team so, joining us. You go one. Yeah. No, no, you, you can go. go. I, no, you rock go. paper scissors. No. Okay, we'll just we'll just <laughs> announce it on shoot. All right. Okay. Rock paper scissors scissors scissors. Damn. Oh, come on. Okay, so, just go. Just take it. <laughs> I'm hoping we were going to say the same thing. So the hub cities, there are going to be two hub cities. Right now, there is nothing confirmed. There is speculation that it's going to be Las Vegas and one Canadian hub. However, the uh, league and Gary Bettman during his presser released this list of hub cities that are undergoing consideration. Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Edmonton, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Pittsburgh, Toronto, and Vancouver, where Vancouver, Toronto, and Edmonton are the three Canadian markets in consideration. Uh, There's not going to be fans, so if the Hawks have to play Edmonton in Edmonton, I really don't see a, a problem. But that's just something to kind of keep in mind if the Western Conference teams or the group, uh, the Hub City B teams happen to play in Edmonton. But then again, this list does not indicate anything. There is no official word yet from the league on where the teams will be playing. Yeah. So what I've been hearing from a lot of places is that Las Vegas, Nevada will be one of the hub cities. It's been the number one city that we've been hearing about. A lot of people like Elliot Friedman and Bob McKenzie have been speculating this. So it's been, it's been getting the most buzz. And I think it's highly likely we have Vegas as one of our two hub cities. The second one, as many people have started to say as Emily, Emily Kaplan from ESPN, who does, who also is a hockey analyst has talked about a Canadian hub city being the second hub city along with Vegas. I don't follow Emily Kaplan on Twitter. I should do that. <laughs> she does the uh, podcast with uh, Greg Wyshynski of ESPN too. Anyways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they've also been huge resources to have when keeping up with all this. She's been saying – she was the person who was also talking about Canadian cities. And the number one Canadian city that we've been, all been hearing about is Edmonton. As you said, there's also Toronto and Vancouver on the list. But – the teams, the teams getting the most buzz were Edmonton, and I've been hearing lately too that Toronto is has been changing some things or making some changes, especially at Scotiabank Center. So, if need be, Toronto could be in our host. And then when you read down the rest of the list, 
the only other team that really could host uh, the Hub City, if it's not Vegas in the USA, would be Columbus, yeah. who I've been hearing a lot about, or Minnesota. So, sorry, Hawks fans. Sorry, Penguins fans. It, sorry, Stars fans. But it's looking like your USA Hub Cities are either going to be Columbus, Vegas, or Minneapolis. And for if they're, for the one in Canada, it's either going to come down to Vancouver, Toronto, and Edmonton. But expect Toronto and Edmonton be, to be your top two front runners in Canada and expect Vegas to be the front runner with Columbus behind in the mm-hmm. USA. So really quickly, while we're on the topic of hub cities, I want to point out that Batman mentioned there will be two, only two. Not three. So that means not that not three, not four, not five, not one, two, two. So that ends the speculation about, oh, there could be two, three, or four. It's just going to be two. So what that means for teams and for, um, like, what, what, that mean, what that says to me is that they're wanting to get probably four games in a day um, for the series and try to, like, not, like, rush through the playoffs, but that says to me, like, they want to get the playoffs moving. I know, I know Batman and said they don't, they they don't want to be through the uh... – the first part of the playoffs in like a month, give or take. So yeah, yeah. This yeah. is including the qualifiers, the qualifiers and round robin. He said be like done within a month. A week. We'll take like a week and a half, two weeks, and yep. then mm-hmm. your first round as well would also be done within two weeks too. It's yeah. going to be a quick process. Noah, I really like the idea because we we've been talking about this a lot too when we've had our meetings among the three of us about our shows, and it makes sense. And what we've been discussing together and now we're telling you guys is we've been thinking like you have your, you might have an early morning game at like 10, 11, you could have, or you could have a noon game. So you have your game one at noon, you have your game two at three, you have your game four at seven, or sorry, you have your game three at seven. So your times would be 12, four and seven. And that gives enough time in between games for management to wipe down everything, security, make sure everyone's good out of the building back and the new teams are back into the building. So I'd expect there'd be at least like an hour intermission between every game. So every, everything's cleaned up. Everything's all sanitary and ready to go for the next matchup that's going to be happening that day. Yeah, and you wouldn't have to worry about – or you could even theoretically, you could maybe put four games in if you win, win at like 10, 1, 4, and 7. You could do that. Uh, I'm not sure if the, the only the only scary thing about that, and we discussed this, is the possibly even overtime game as a yeah. as, like the 10 a.m. game. Let's say the 10 a.m. game is a first round matchup between the St. Louis Blues and the Edmonton Oilers, and it goes to triple overtime. Then you're then you're that immediately that there shouldn't be a problem with pushing back everything, but that just that just means that a team schedule who's planning on playing at four o'clock gets shifted down two hours, so like 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock game gets moved down to 9. Yep. So that completely changes how the teams will have to prepare. So maybe I feel like three would be a bit more better. So you have at least – and you have like you two, have three hours yeah. in between just in case it extends more and also just to make sure you have enough time to clean everything down, wipe everything down, make sure everything's all sanitary for the next match occurring. Yeah, oh. exactly. And then real quick. Uh, before we get before we get into the draft, real quick, I want to run down um, the quote unquote phases the NHL has um, set out, and I, we kind of covered this. Logan kind of covered this in the intro. Real quick, we're in phase one right now, which is everyone's self isolating, staying home, staying healthy. Blah, blah blah. We all know the drill. Phase two, like we said, is supposed to start June first or early June, 
where it's voluntary small practices, about six or seven players and like maybe a coach. Um, and there's, you're required to wear a mask everywhere, but the ice, um, social distancing, everything practically the same thing, everything, but you're allowed to have six or seven guys in the ice. And like we said, phase three, just start, uh, no earlier than July 1st, which is like formal training camp. Everyone's there. Everyone's on the ice, all the coaches, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then, uh, phase four is like full playoffs. Everything's normal. Good to go gearing up for the 2014 playoff. Yeah. And one more thing before Logan takes it away with the discussion about the draft lottery is I was a bit disappointed that Gary Batman during his speech to everyone didn't highlight what could occur if a player or if a coach or a member of a team's staff test positive for COVID-19. Cause I feel like that's a very important thing to talk about because does that mean your team is just out of contention? Does that mean whoever was rooming with the player has to be, is it just going to be, cause we know that there's going to be consistent testing every single day for all the players. But if a player did come up with a positive sign, I, I, I would have liked to hear a bit more of a plan per se of how that would happen sure. or how that'd be dealt with. I think that'll become much clearer as we, as a, uh, as yeah, the league progresses. Sure. And just a disclaimer, um, I know the league has put this out. I know many analysts have said this as well. This is not final. This is literally like the first step in getting the NHL back up and running. It's like this is like just the format and uh, the draft. The format has been finalized. The draft has been basically finalized. Mm-hmm. But as we get closer, as we've all been saying for the last few minutes, there's still a lot to figure out. But this yep. is definitely a very positive step and a step in the right direction that we all are happy to see. Logan, or it's a take good it the day. Draft. Good news for hockey fans everywhere. Oh yeah, and for Blackhawks. Hey, fans. hey, We're hey! Going to guess the playoffs what? again. Yes. Well, wait. Or a play. I was going to say rather. we are correct. I'm knocking on wood. Our prediction from the beginning of the year on our live show on 88.5 FM, uh, Glenview Northbrook, WGBK Radio. We predicted the Blackhawks would be in the playoffs, and uh, it looks like it could happen. It could, maybe. It could. We're in the plane, so we're we have that chance. We're going we're to uh, there. and live. We are going to uh, pull. We're going to try to pull an American government and uh, destroy oil fields. Just going to let that stand. Yeah, completely agree. Okay, on to the draft. This was probably <laughs> the thing I saw this all over the place on Twitter, and uh, it's a bit of a head scratcher. It really is not as uh, – when you're listening to it said by uh, the, the most exciting voice in hockey, Gary Bettman, um, it sounds a little confusing. And with all the numbers and the percentages put up on the, uh, on the page, it did look a little confusing. However, it is pretty simply broken down. There is one date set currently for the draft. It is the draft lottery. The original draft lottery is no longer for the top 15 picks. It is for the top three picks in the draft. The teams that are eligible for the for the draft lottery or to be ordered in the uh, what what traditionally would be lottery picks are the bottom seven teams in the league that didn't make the 24 team playoff format and the losers of the qualifying rounds. So the four teams from the West and the four teams from the East that fail to move on to the next round to the actual playoffs get thrown into the discussion. The eight teams 
before they are even decided, you know, before the playoffs even start, they are assigned A through H. We don't know what teams are going to be A through H, but the bottom eight teams that aren't that that are going okay. Bottom seven, you have yeah. they're just play spots. The eight the eight spots, the A through H section is just placeholders at the moment. Yep. There is no team. There's no matchup that's going to be designated to one of the letters. It is just going to be a placeholder, A through H. The A through H is going to be decided in the second part of the uh, draft lottery process. So for the actual draft lottery happening in one month on June 26th, like I said, you have your A through H, the eight A through H teams, and the bottom seven that aren't in the 24 teams that made the uh, bracket. If a top seven team, if three of the top seven teams get the top three picks in the draft. So let's say it's Detroit, Ottawa, and Ottawa get the two, uh, get the top three picks in the draft. There is no need to have a phase two because every other pick picks four through 12 will be decided based on inverse point percentage. So if Detroit isn't in the top three of the, of the um, first round, if they don't get the top three picks in the draft, they were guaranteed a top four pick and so on and so forth. So, yeah, it's just how it would regularly be where teams were able to hop in. The thing that's confusing and Logan, I know you're really good at explaining this. So you're obviously going to have to be the one who talks us through is whether and or whether we enter a scenario where a, a through H placeholder hops into the top three. So I'm glad you mentioned that. So let's say the top three picks goes as follows. Detroit, Ottawa, unknown team B. We aren't going to find out what team gets designated the unknown team B until after the play-in round and before the playoffs. So what needs to happen is then a phase two is going to happen. The phase two of the draft lottery is going to happen. There's going to be a lottery to figure out, uh, or there's going to be the system that figures out what the A through H teams are, uh, whatever the randomness happens to be of it. And then it'll be decided that, uh, you know, if team B happens to be Montreal, then Montreal gets a third overall pick. And then the picks four through 15 are going to be the 12 teams remaining in inverse uh, point percentage order. So if, like I said, if Detroit isn't in the top three, they get the fourth pick, and then whoever happens to be next to them, uh, yeah, it'd just be Ottawa, Ottawa. If all if the first three teams all missed out, they it would be four is Detroit, and five is Ottawa, six is Ottawa. It, so real quick, so for the A through H teams, just so you yeah. can help me out with processing this. So the A through H. We all know as placeholders. That is that going to be randomized, or is so it the A be through H? It was a little unclear from what I take from it, just because of how the language around Phase Two draft lottery. I think it's going to be a random pick. How the A through H teams are decided? Okay. So that means if let's say Montreal and Chicago both lose, and the Hawks are the in the B placeholder, that does not necessarily mean that they are the B. It'll be randomized from what we were processing at the moment and that means that per se if toronto loses and they wind up in placeholder h they could be randomized into placeholder b and then go into the top three 
So to quote Bob McKenzie on this, this is what he tweeted as this was being uh, released out by Bettman. If all three of the top picks are rewarded to the known bottom seven teams, there is no need for a phase two lottery. If any of the top three picks are won by an eight to 15 alpha designated team, that's, uh, you know, alphabetically designated team, the A through H team, the phase two lottery is required. So that is, so it alludes to the fact that if, uh, team uh, D happens to get the second overall pick, then there needs to be a lottery for uh, the remaining teams is what it looks like. If you are listening to this and you're like, we I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> fear not. Yeah, fear not. You're not alone. The three of us are just starting to, to grasp the concept. There are plenty of hockey analysts who have done some explaining and we will certainly be given more information and it will be a lot clearer as the draft approaches, I will say the biggest takeaway I have from this is that it seems that the concern that we had about the 2014 playoff was that some teams might get screwed kind of like Montreal specifically, like if mm-hmm. they, they didn't want to be in the playoffs because they, because that could forfeit their uh, a possibility for a good pick. So this kind of counteracts that, right? Cause we're expecting Montreal to get smoked by Pittsburgh. Um, and if they don't, well, then this whole then I don't I if if Montreal doesn't get good for them if good Montreal them. doesn't get smoked by Pittsburgh good for them I can't even like think about that right now but if they lose then they're put into this lottery where granted they do have a lesser chance of getting a top three pick than Detroit Ottawa San Jose LA Kings whatever but like they probably were going to have a lesser chance anyway because they had a better season record um, and they had a higher mm-hmm. points percentage than those teams did. So it, it all seems to work out in the end, uh, like especially teams like Montreal, Chicago, Tossin, the Wild, and Arizona even as part of this example. The teams that could possibly have gotten higher draft lottery picks, if they weren't in the playoffs, this kind of solves that problem, which I like to see from the NHL that they're thinking about those kind of uh, teams that just barely made the 2014 playoff but didn't necessarily so to recap want to be the there. bottom seven. And also to add – so before I do that, I'm going to add one more thing. Uh, I think I already, I think I already touched on this. The, uh, bottom 12 are going to be decided based on, um, inverse point percentage. So lowest top, so lowest points. Do you, are the bottom, you, the do you mean the bottom 15? So, yes. Oh, okay. the bottom, the bottom eight teams. Yeah. Or the bottom so, uh, eight picks. Excuse me. The eight picks yeah. after yeah. the. Top three. First seven. Uh, the, uh, okay. To good. recap, the to top seven okay. teams that we know that are up for grabs for the uh, first overall pick, the Buffalo Sabres, the New Jersey Devils, the Anaheim Ducks, the Los Angeles Kings, the San Jose Sharks. Ottawa has the potential to have two top three picks, which is scary because they could have uh, Ottawa has that they could have um, uh, Alexis uh, Lafreniere and Quentin Byfield. Or whoever of the uh, top four or five prospects they leave. Tim yep. Sutzel, Alexander it's a scary Holtz, scenario. I, I, it a bunch of other guys. May, might not work out for one season, but after that, once they're fully developed and they're you know kind of out of the rebuild, which I think they'll be in a couple seasons, maybe maybe uh, not this upcoming season, but the season after that, the uh, twenty two, yeah, the twenty one twenty two season, or what it will be, depending on how the schedule for the league. Uh, happens to unfold but uh ottawa and detroit round your uh, 
bottom seven off. It it's it's yep. the teams that everyone knows were kind of free wins. Well, except if you're Boston against Detroit, but that's a well for story. the for the Montreal for Detroit as well. But also, <laughs> I just want to highlight too that the Kings were on a like a seven game win. They were on a win, leading up to the league shutdown. So that's insane. So they weren't good enough where we could where they were like we need to be in the playoffs, but. It, it was definitely something that if you were trying to make, if you were like the Rangers or you were the Hurricanes or in that Eastern you know Conference like tie up or the Western Kings Conference tie Kings up, in a, in a you, world, you if there were a couple the more Kings. games played and the Chicago Blackhawks and Anaheim Ducks both kind of ate it, Los Angeles might have been in the 12 spot. They aren't. Thankfully, they aren't. That's they aren't. The Blackhawks are. And, Go Hawks. Uh, Go just because we are Blackhawks yeah. fans, I do want to kind of touch a little more in depth on that uh, Blackhawks. Edmonton series. It is an official series. Uh, it, it has been speculated for a while based on Elliot Friedman from Hockey Night in Canada. Um, his This is his format, to put it shortly. This was the format that he talked about on his 31 Thoughts podcast. Uh, yeah, Blackhawks, the Oilers, 5 seed, 12 seed. The Blackhawks went 2-1, and one, you said, Rafi, right? 2-0-1. Oh they went two and one. They won their first match. Their first matchup was October fourteenth. They beat the Oilers three to one. Then they played. They had their second matchup February eleventh, twenty twenty. I believe this was when McDavid was injured. The Oilers won five three. Granted, the Oilers did get an empty net goal, so it was kind of four three, but five three was the official score. And then they played again May. Sorry, pardon me, March fifth, where the Blackhawks won four two three. All games were in regulation. So the Blackhawks and the Oilers, pretty tight matchups. There were, wasn't mm-hmm. a game where one team blew out the other. And as we're all going to get into this, I think we all can agree that it's going to for sure come down to – it's not going to be a sweep for either side, but there is hope in all of our hearts that the Blackhawks could potentially come out with a 3-2 series so win. I think really what's going to come down to is who matchups. the Blackhawks have healthy. Because the Edmonton Oilers didn't have much of an injury problem coming down the stretch like the Blackhawks had. They had Smith out, they had Dahan out. Because um, McDavid was good to go. Even though, he had a, even though he probably won't play because of his concussion. Injury. Andrew Shaw and Brent Seabrook, from what I've heard, will not be playing. Brent Seabrook with the surgeries, Andrew Shaw due to concussions. Andrew Shaw's whole career is up in jeopardy at the moment. I haven't heard anything that's saying he's going to retire or anything that he's going to play. But Andrew Shaw and Brent Seabrook are the only two definitive no's. Zach Smith had some back problems. I, he may have gotten a surgery or something, but he is also not expected to be available for the Hawks. But do expect well, Adam Calvin the Hawks to be I ready think to go. Adam Boquist was injured. Uh, or play-ins. He was injured, but he, injury, that he was should a, be back like, for the Blackhawks. I think it was, it, it's really going to depend on – it's really going to be fully healthy for the Blackhawks well, specifically. It's who's healthy and who they bring in their in their taxi squad or who they have uh, going to be on their expanded roster. I'm interested to see if the Hawks I don't bring think in he's Ian eligible. Mitchell. That's what I've been hearing a lot of. I yeah. I mean, do they go kill McCarr or like the other I rules think, where I think the technically contract was signed during the pause. The I don't think he's eligible until the next season. Yeah, because even if that's also a huge risk in the yep. fact that he's never played 
an NHL game yet, and you're gonna plug him in and hope he fits well. Because in a, the difference between a five game playing series and a seven game playing series is you really can't afford to lose game one or and game two or even one of them in a five game series. You, you're already down, and they need two more wins to get on. So the Hawks aren't gonna be risking anything. Another note too is although they traded Robin Lehner, which now I mean, we, that, we that's all, the thing that I kind of hate about this. You have the fringe teams, like especially the in the happens. West, you had specifically these two teams. You have Montreal and you have Chicago that are included, and they were hard for, to put it genuinely. They were both hard sellers at the deadline. Kovalchuk, a great offensive weapon for Montreal when he showed up uh, in Canada, um, is now on Washington. The league's best goaltender, don't at me, uh, Robin Lehner. Was traded, yeah, yeah, yeah. The was traded for the Vegas Golden Knights from the Blackhawks, and even Eric Gustafson. He is more of a NHL ready defenseman than a couple of guys that we could bring on our taxi squad. I take him exactly. Technically, he's he's more of a Dustin Bufflin type. Not a big body. He's a but if you put him at forward, he'd be pretty good. And he's not he's not a good he's not bad defensively. I mean, Bufflin granted was a much better defenseman than Gustafson, but. Eric Gustafson was too much of a liability. But I, I would not. I would have. have ta- really I'd take him in a lineup, lineup in a 2014 playoff scenario over over someone, over you know, Mitchell, Nicholas Bowden over Lucas Carlson, guys that have had NHL experience. Not that I don't trust Lucas Carlson. Not that I don't trust Nick Bowden. Not that I don't trust well, um, Adam Bachwitz for that matter. I just think that NHL experience is really going to be the decider, especially for shaky Blackhawks blue line. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, from what I've been hearing and what it looks like, you're probably going to have Keith and Boquist on your first pair. You're going to have Murphy and DeHaan on your third pair. And then you're likely going to have Mata and Carlson, maybe Carlson. Coop. I think Mata, maybe Cuckoo. Carlson, dash Cuckoo, dash Sealer, maybe Bodine. Bodine had a good first one game, but he's a yeah, possible. Lucas Carlson had the most experience out of the few names, but he was I agree. he had three games, but still he played better than Slayer Cuckoo. I don't want Slayer Cuckoo playing. I don't so either. I, I'd rather have Lucas Carlson play because he's also had the AHL background, so I feel like he'd definitely be a safer bet yep. than some of the other younger and defensemen in Slayer Cuckoo. So that's our sixth defenseman, just to reiterate, is likely going to be Keith Mata Murphy, Boquist, Dahan. So uh, uh, we do have until July until training camps come around. And that is probably when we will start seeing the 30 or so guys, depending on the team. Because remember, you have 50 team staff members that are allowed to go into the hub cities. I'm I'm assuming that includes the 20 or so guys on an NHL roster, the five or so. Yeah, that's what I'm Technically, they are staff. So you have your 20 guys on an NHL roster. You got your five guys. Let's call it four to five or six NHL coaches. coaches. Whatever support staff you need, whatever medical staff you want to bring. You have have 50. You have to prioritize who you want to bring. You have to prioritize players that you know will or won't get hurt. Guys that if someone gets hurt can instantly fill a role like there's nothing that happened. It's going to be a very interesting Seen seeing the teams decide who they want their team and their taxi squad, for lack of a better term, to be made up of. Yeah, and I think a key thing too, if we go back to the Blackhawks versus Oilers matchup, 
and probably the biggest X factor of them all is going to be Corey Crawford. If Corey Crawford is healthy and we see flashes of that that 2013 to 2016 Corey Crawford, the Blackhawks will handily take care of the Oilers in five or four games. If Crawford gets injured or anything happens to yep. him where he has to miss a game, the Blackhawks will not win nope. the series. There's no way. There's got to be a third goal. It's come down. Corey like, Crawford I, do, is I, 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 I think you're stupid if you're an NHL team to only have two goals. I think you bring, I think you bring in – I think I, you I, have four to bring. I think you can Subban never will be the second guy. I think you bring four. I don't think you bring four. Delia and Lincoln – I, I don't know. I think which you one think I'd Delia just Delia have, have the NHL experience, just because he has the NHL experience. But I'm for the Blackhawks specifically. I would take four, exactly. four goalies. I would take Malcolm Subban. I would take Corey Crawford. Those are no brainers. I would take Kevin Lincoln and I would take Colin Delia. There's no AHL season. They're not risking getting injured for the next season because we don't know when the next season is even going to start. We don't know if the AHL and the ECHL are even going to be able to have proper functioning seasons, depending on whether exactly. I see no risk for, for the Blackhawks specifically to bring four I mean, the, goalies along for their player count. I mean, it really comes down to how many staff members they're going to bring, and I mean that in the sense of the coaching, the other like trainers, all that kind of stuff, medical team. So if it works out where the Hawks are able to bring in four goalies, I, I'd say why not. I, I strongly believe that they're going to, Hope they're gonna bring three. I feel like a lot of teams, regardless, even if you're Vegas, who has Flurry and Robin yeah. Laner, you're gonna bring in a third goalie. So, oh yeah, I'd ex- I expect all teams to bring in three goalies. But for the Hawks scenario, it makes sense if they brought four. But I would rather play it safe and bring in another forward or another defenseman that could get plugged in more likely to because the Hawks have their twelfth guys right now and Zach Smith. Might be ready to go. I'm not completely sure about him. And then you have Matthew Highmore and Hagel. Hagel only had one game. Highmore was the majority of the season because of, the season. of Shaw. Yeah, mm-hmm. so those would be your two forwards, but Dylan why not bring another one? Shot, you have your defense, himself. as I said, that's I really think go that to this Cuckoo. This is the time that, that I think Secure? this decides I, I whether know. or not his RFA status. Whether Okay. RFAs specifically, especially guys that are a little unproven, whether or not they're going to, you know, teams are going to offer them up for trades, they're going to hear offer sheets. Um, This could be a time for for GMs, you know, because they have like one game, two games maximum to play with guys. I, I wouldn't doubt if you have, you know, a Dylan Secura style player in your, uh, in your system. Dylan Secure is going to be be brought along for the taxi squad, but I, I, whether or not he plays is beyond me. I think he should, but this is going to be a great test for a lot of guys. I think this is going to be a huge test for a lot of guys. And I, I think it's going to also be pretty huge in the sense that the market value of a lot of players is going to be determined in these playoffs. We, I remember the start of this season, we were all projecting Dylan Strom to be Signing like a five and a half million dollar deal for like three years, his value has it gone down to maybe a three and a half million dollar deal for two three years. And Kuba Leak, Kuba Leak could break, could go three point five four million dollars as well. And then you also have Corey Crawford. So if Kuba Leak, Kuba Leak was expected at 
the time of the cutoff to be like four million dollars. I'd say from around three and a half four. Correct me if I'm wrong. Crawford to be around three and a half four. Okay, I'm way wrong. The Blackhawks have ten million dollars in cap space actually. So this could really make or break the. And if Seabrook's healthy and they're able to ship that contract off in any capacity, whether or not they have to hold on to like twenty five percent of it and retain it in a trade, you never know. I think it's going to be huge for guys such as Alex Petrangelo. You have guys like Corey Crawford, a lot of UFAs, Jacob Marshall, Brian Holpe. There's yep. going to be a lot of players, Taylor Hall too, that are going to really make or break their value. If Alex Petrangelo puts the St. Louis Blues back on his back in a like steps up even more than he would because we all know the Blues are very good depth-wise and all around. But Alex Petrangelo puts up, let's just say he goes completely off and puts up 30 points and the Blues win the Cup. Alex Petrangelo's value goes from $7.5, $8 million all the way up to like $9 million. Yep. That is, that's, even with a small, with a flat cap, there's going to be teams that are going to be willing to pay him a ton of money. So we're going to see a lot of players. Looking at free agency that's the league's next, whenever it That's happens. the league's next job, by the way, a figuring out what they're going to do with thing. the contracts and free agency window. Because July 1st is coming up. And July 1st, if everything yeah. goes yep. according to plan, is when, is when formal training camps will start up. Because phase two, when it opens up, and let's call it like the next two weeks, teams will be allowed to go back to their hub cities or to their uh, training facilities. Teams will be allowed to go back to their uh, host cities if if you're coming from overseas or out of state. It's going to be, you know, the, the the next thing for the NHL to figure out is what they're going to do in terms of expiring contract. Does it shift? Do they have to re? Do they have to reorganize an entire different collective bargaining agreement just for this time period? It's going to be a, an interesting discussion, and I think that's the first thing the league tackles. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I don't think they're going to roll over the contracts because that creates a lot of problems. One last thing, though, that I want to talk about because we're talking about expiring contracts I, I is still think the it conditional should... pick problem. And I, I think that's kind of been decided, but I think it's so, important to be brought up or at least mentioned. Noah, do you have any thoughts about that? Yeah, we've talked a little bit about the conditional picks before and how like. Oh, what happens if like this team makes the playoffs? What happens? Whatever. I honestly think that we've said it before that like teams need to negotiate uh, with their own individual uh, trades and their own individual deals. Cause it kind of does depend on a team by team basis. I don't expect the league to put out a statement saying all conditional picks are nullified or all conditional picks are true, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I don't think that's going to happen. What I will say in terms of like uh salary cap and like the free agent market, I don't, um, I, I don't think uh, that it's going to be uh, like a I, I think players values aren't going to like I think players values might increase but I don't think teams are going to be able to pay them as much like we've talked about it before how, so does like, a team like the Red Wings who were really sneaky last offseason didn't really sign too many players they're going to have still and same with Ottawa they're going to have like 40 million dollars in cap space yeah, exactly. million. do we see a case where Next season, somehow the Red Wings or the Ottawa Senators, especially the Ottawa Senators, wind up with like a top it's very three possible. team in the Atlantic, it's... which sounds crazy, but it's possible because they have the caps. If Petrangelo, as I said, 
plays really good. If we see Hopi step up a lot, you can see Hopi get signed by the Ottawa Senators. I don't even mind and that, right? To mention something else to say about Brayden Hopi that I've heard in the news. And I forgot the other player, so I'm just going to talk about Hopi. Petrangelo? He has, he has who? I don't believe it was Petrangelo, but I know for sure Hopi had mentioned that he is not willing to sign with a rebuilding team. They're but coming out of a rebuild. I don't care what you say. They Ottawa, are two seasons away from being Ottawa, in the playoffs. That's that's the that's the thing. That's the thing. And who knows? Maybe if they were like, "Hey, we're also bringing in Alex Petrangelo, who you played. Who he's Canadian. You guys have had some time spending. You guys have played together internationally. You guys know each other. There's a bit of a connection. Oh, we're bringing in Taylor Hall. Like." If Otto is able to bring in one good guy, they can definitely swing yep. another brain Holpe type player into their team. So there's going to be some teams that are going to have a lot of cap space, and who knows? The NHL could really get flipped upside down next year or in two, three years because of this whole thing. I don't even. I wouldn't mind it. Yeah, I wouldn't mind it at all. I think it'd be very fun. You saw what happened in the NBA with like the NBA kind of had like a reset year this year with like there's now duos basically everywhere in the nba there's no like one super team like the warriors there's still some bad teams right but like there aren't there's more teams in the nba this season that have a chance to win the championship than there were last season two seasons ago yep yep exactly in the last like decade this could be a finals once again where we do not see lebron where we do not see dirk where we do not see anyone uh I know, but the, the there was like a stat, like a stat that well, comes Dirk, out, Dirk's like you know, this is the X uh, <laughs> number of playoffs where. Oh, like the yeah, like yeah. the like the AFC thing where they were like, like this was the first year Something that we like didn't that. see yeah. Tom Brady, Joe Flacco, or Peyton Manning yep. in the yeah, Super Bowl for like the that. last like twenty years, or Ben Roethlisberger or something like that. Done. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see, and like the teams, you're right, the teams with like a ton of cap space might convince some players. Like, might convince, I don't know. Let's say, let's say Petrangelo really wants more money than he wants to stay with the Blues. And he's like... He's, he's not going to stay with the Blues because the Blues only have, like, three and a half exactly. million dollars. Like, let's say, let's say he's like, I want... He, he I literally want... needs to breathe onto the ice yeah, <laughs> to make more than that much. But Noah, continue. <laughs> yeah, so let's say, like, he, he's like, okay, I, I want more money. Money is more important to me than staying in St. Louis. Uh, you, could, you could see him going to a team uh, with a ton of cap space because they just... Have been, they've been rebuilding, signing young guys. I don't know, Detroit, Ottawa. Look at the Devils. Yeah, exactly. Look at the Devils, Devils last season. Exactly. Devils last season. They picked up a ton of good guys. They took a chance on P.K. Subban nope. with that trade, and I don't. we're not talking about his value now that's shaped out this season. We're just nope. saying that they had a ton of cap space. They were able to make a move on him. They made a move on Nikita Gusev, who was coming from Russia. So they definitely had some cap space to like move around and say, hey, we have all this cap space. Why don't we bring in – Sammy Votten and Wayne Simmons. So they brought in a lot of guys with all the cap space because A, they had the cap space, and B, they're like, we, we're, they're teams that aren't going to be able to offer what we're offering via trade or via free agency that we're just going to beat them with our signings. So don't be shocked. And Logan's a big Ottawa Senators advocator. Don't be shocked if we see the Ottawa Senators be huge players come free agency whenever it happens in likely October, November, so, if all plays out and all goes accordingly. Yeah. It'll be, it'll honestly be really interesting to see. And I, I think that it will really show um, if there are players where their team's cap 
is available. Not like Petrangelo where the Blues only have like pennies basically left in cap. But the teams um, who have like some money to sign, uh, it'll be interesting to see which players choose to stay with their teams and choose to stay uh, with their um, with the team that's that they've been with for a couple of years, or if they choose to go with the money. So it'll really show. Um, so it'll definitely show, do, show some character about some players, and I think that'll be really interesting in the that coming about years. wraps it up for this episode of the Puck Talk Live podcast. Big news coming from the league. Hopefully, you're here to uh, listen to us break it down for all you lovely hockey fans or sports fans just looking to get your uh, fix. By the way, not a big deal. This is the, the NHL is the first of the four major sports leagues in North America to uh, submit and publicly announce their uh, return to play plan. Just saying. Just saying. Yeah, ESPN and SportsCenter posted month, their yeah. one hockey post. They used their one hockey post per week. Per month, this. yeah. So just to show how important Maybe one day they'll <laughs> be talking, talking specifically about, about yeah, this exactly podcast on ESPN. Who knows? Only things, only the future will tell with all of these questions that we have. Regardless, thank you for listening to the podcast. Be sure to hit us up on social media at the Puck Talk, at Puck Talk Live on Instagram. DM us, comment on our stuff, like our stuff, share our stuff with everyone. Get us talking, engage with us. We will respond to you. We are friendly people, only Rafi Bites. Once again, thank you for listening. <laughs> hey, just hey, whoa, whoa, just because I'm a Brad Marchand fan oh. does not mean <laughs> that I'm an avid okay. biter or liquor. You heard it here Continue first, with folks. Rafi Sarafian comes out as a liquor. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. My name is Logan Rosengard with Rafi Sarafian <laughs> and Noah Foster, and we will see you guys on Friday. Take care. <laughs>